Welcome to episode number 14 of Nurses Living the Good Life. My name is Anne Conkley. I'm a certified nurse midwife and a certified life and business coach, and I'm so glad that you're here. So we're going to talk today about no, why saying no and developing your ability to say no with confidence is so important. And we're going to talk through maybe some of the reasons why you don't say no easily, why you get stuck in indecision on what you should say, and how you could change your MO and become the woman advanced practice nurse who says no with ease. So before we dive in, uh, I want to pause and make mention of a few things. Number one, we just saw that this past week on May 13th, the judge in the uh, sentencing for Redonda Vaught uh, decided that the sentence for Redonda would not be prison time, which is encouraging to say the least. Uh, and so for now, she faces uh, three years of probation and her record will be expunged at the end of the three-year uh, probation period, which is encouraging. Now, she will not uh, be able to um, become or practice as a nurse again. However, from the standpoint of becoming a person who is employable, as you may or may not know, it becomes very challenging once you have been convicted of a felony or of a crime. Because if you remember, when you go and fill out your initial applications for work, you have to indicate that. So, um, which is one of the reasons we know that uh, not only is this a problem for a person like Redonda, but it is a person for any person who is jailed uh, rightfully or wrongfully. And um, so it's always something to keep in mind. We also know that it's another subtle reminder that the work that nurses do is work that is so fundamental and foundational to the healthcare system. And we are not exempt from the realities of um, criminal prosecution. So I wanted to make mention because I think it's easy to forget and it's easy to push it to the side and say, oh yeah, that was just this thing that happened. And in fact, it's not. It's a, it's a fundamental change to the uh, climate for nursing and for our profession. And so don't forget it and talk about it. Make sure that your colleagues know about it. Make sure that your coworkers do. Um, make sure that you continue to speak about the realities of what our profession is facing right now. Uh, I also want to make mention that it is the end of the school year for us here in Cleveland, as I'm sure it is for many school children uh, around the country. And I know that that brings up all sorts of fun moments and, <laughs> and questions and decisions to make. And, uh, and for those of you who are busy full-time professionals and work all year long, and not just when the children are in school, I also want to just say that I see you and I, I can understand how challenging summer can be for working parents. And, um, and I just want to extend some love um, directly from my heart to yours, because I know what it's like to, uh, to figure out what to do with the children for the summer. Um, and also remind you that when you are ready for the world of entrepreneurship and to build your own table and to do something that provides you with more freedom and flexibility so that you can make your summers a little easier, uh, hit me up. 
because we can we can have a conversation about that. So, so, um, so let's dive into why no is so important, and let's just talk through some of the reasons again that you might not be saying no off the bat and with confidence and with ease. I think this is a conversation that's so important because very often I talk with my clients about how indecision is uh, an issue for so many of you. And I know that we've done a podcast episode on indecision and why the cost is so high of indecision. And I'll touch briefly on that uh, again here today. Of note, if you haven't listened to that podcast episode, go back. It was towards the beginning. And uh, but we'll touch on some of these elements again today because it it usually shows up as you know, in whether or not we can very easily say no to things when we are asked to do them, and I think this very often comes up for many of us in the work setting, and it used to come up for me all the time when I was at work and was asked as the um, person who usually was relatively responsible and who was a doer. And for those of you, you know, if you're a doer, you know that you're the person who does the, you know, gets the projects done, who if something needs to be done, if boxes need to be checked, you are on it, you've got your checklist done and, you know, your Excel spreadsheets are laid out and you're like, boom, 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 you know, to-do lists are honey-do lists are all over your house. You know, if this is you, you will understand uh, this kind of very well. But if you fall into the role of being the executor or the doer, so to speak, then um, it may be that because you are the doer, because you do things, you also get then asked to do them, right? It, it becomes a, uh, a vicious cycle, right? Someone asks you to do something, you get it done because that's the kind of person that you are. And in addition, then it reinforces the cycle that if the person asks you to do something and you agree to it and subsequently complete the task, that they will notice and likely come back and ask you to do something again. So, uh, and for some of us, it's not a problem. However, as you know, what happens often is that if you are the person who says yes to everything and does, 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 you may also then become the person who um, who doesn't put her own needs and desires and wants on the front burner, right? And everything goes to the back burner. And so at the end of the day, you may feel quite accomplished because you've been doing, 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 and you may not necessarily feel like you've gotten ahead in terms of what you need to live your best life or to find fulfillment or to um, you know get ahead in, in your own personal goals. So, so let's just talk about this. What this is the typical ask that happens, and you probably are familiar with this, but it's usually a question, you know, from maybe it's your partner, maybe it's your boss, but it's usually something to the likes of, hey, can you do this for me? And then, right? And then all of a sudden it for many of us triggers a, a couple of different lines of thinking. And so we're gonna explore uh, what may be going on in your head. And I'll tell you a little bit about for years what went on in mine. And so there's usually, I think, three or four different responses here. And um, and again, I, what I just talked about was if you are the doer and you are the person who says yes off the bat, right? Your, your automatic response is, sure, absolutely, yes, no problem, right? You are, a, you are a doer, you shake your, you nod your head, you say, sounds good. When do you need it? 
right? And then what happens? And you're like very eager to do this, which I think is fantastic, right? Remember, we're not here as we kind of talk through these scenarios and you find that you relate to one scenario probably more than another. I just want to remind you that we're not here to judge it. We're just here to become curious and to explore it and to see why it may be something that you want to reconsider if it's not helping you to achieve your goals or get where you want to be in life. Um, and so, so if you are like the eager beaver and you're like, yes, girl, give it to me, I'm going to get it done. And you usually do, you get it done quickly. And, uh, you know, you, you literally push aside the other things that may in your life be important to do, but you say, no, no, I got to get this done. And, you know, and for some of you, which I think is very interesting, I always talk about this with clients, which is when we apply a very uh, urgent lens to a non-urgent situation. And this will be very familiar for you if you've ever been in the operating room or if you've ever been in a clinic setting or inpatient setting where something had to be done emergently. And you know that if you're running a code, you don't have the luxury of time. Things need to be emergent and there's a reason for that. And so, but what's interesting is that many of us who have been in that setting of, of understanding the differences between emergent, urgent, and non-urgent, non-emergent, right? There's kind of those three different levels of urgency. If you've been in that situation and you've gotten good in terms of triaging and making sure that you know which uh, patient fits into which category, then you may also subsequently take that decision-making lens or filter and apply it to something that is completely not emergent, like someone asking you, hey, can you plan the uh, midwife retreat in two weeks? And you're like, yes, absolutely. And what happens? You like clear all of your stuff. You get the things done. You go and research all of the event places. You want to understand, you know, how much is it going to cost if we do box lunches versus ordering pizzas and if we were to get chair massage, right? Like you are all over it, right? You apply this very emergent lens of thinking to it. And, um, and so you know, it's like we're you're in the OR. It's like you're in the OR. It's like we're in the middle of a code and you're like, boom, 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 and you get it done. And there's there's nothing wrong with this. Again, we're not here to judge it. However, if you are the person then who does the thing, you do all of the things, and then you look at the end of the day and you say, boy, I really actually didn't do anything for myself. I did this whole planning of the midwife retreat and in the meantime, I didn't, you know, maybe take five minutes to do some deep breathing. I didn't go on a walk. I didn't read my favorite book. I didn't connect with my children. I didn't uh, have a moment to connect with my patients because my mind was busy elsewhere. It was thinking of all sorts of different things. And again, this is not a problem unless it becomes a problem for you. Because if you desire to be the woman advanced practice nurse who is not uh, who's present, who doesn't necessarily apply these unnecessary urgent lenses to non-urgent situations, then, you know, you may say, oh, wow, I've created kind of a lot of fuss and a lot of this energy and I've wasted a lot of energy on something that really, at the end of the day, doesn't quite need it and it didn't need to be done today, right? We talked about this last time uh, in terms of an opportunity cost. When I make a decision on A, it inevitably means that there is something else that I am not doing. So if I am the person who says, oh, I'm going to figure out the midwife retreat today, and I go and do all the research, that means that I may do that at the expense of getting my charts closed on time, 
looking at my task list and making sure that that's done, making sure that my uh, all the communication between me and my nurse have uh, is up to date and so that all of the uh, patient requests, the prior auth, the uh, med recs are completed and the queue is empty. So I think it's kind of for those of us who are the executors of the world, that will be a scenario that feels very familiar to you. It certainly is to me because that's in essence how I operate. It's one of the ways that I show up in the world. And, and then I think we have kind of maybe two or three other segments of people. We have the people then, uh, if you are not, you know, do not identify as the executor, you may be the person who says, you know, when your boss comes along and says, hey, can you do this project? And you're like, you know, maybe I can squeeze it in, right? And then what's interesting is that I think in that, in that moment of maybe, there's kind of like this delicate balance. And for some of you, it, 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 it breeds this uh, element of hopefulness. You're like, well, maybe I could actually do it. And for some of you, it really leaves you exposed and it makes you feel a little bit vulnerable and a little bit worried because you're like, maybe I can fit it in. And you're like, shit, I got all this other stuff that's going on right now. My task list is blown up. I've got, you know, camp. I'm trying to find camps for these kids. I'm trying to, you know, do all the things, right? We ran out of toilet paper this morning and you are just kind of like, ugh, it's that feeling, that ugh, right? Feeling kind of exposed a little bit, um, a little bit maybe worried, and what's interesting is that then, right, when your boss is looking at you, because this is all going on in your head, of course, and your boss looks at you and you're like, you know, um, you know, uh, well, right, you like literally dance around the topic. You dance around whether or not you will, you will do it. And you kind of go into this overthinking mode. And then maybe actually you may tell a small fib. You may be like, um, yeah, we'll just we'll just, I'll, um, I'll figure it out. And you're like, yeah, I totally want to do that. Right. You're like lying through your teeth and you know it, but you're like, well, I'm like on the fence of like, maybe this could be good. Maybe this is a terrible time. And you're just like, oh, all right. Well, since I don't want to anger her or I don't want to upset her, because I know this is important because she asked me, I'm just going to like maybe fib to just like literally so that she walks away and I don't have to deal with this anymore, right? And so you may then, people please, you may step into this role of just being like, um, you know, placating of trying to smooth things over and like, okay, well, uh, yeah, you know, um, you know, I think maybe we could find some time later and then you you know, you're looking at your schedule and you're like, God, this is going to be terrible. But it's just this very interesting conversation in your brain about, it's like this back and forth and it's exhausting, which is so interesting. And what happens is that when you become that person who says, well, maybe we could do it, but you're not fully in, what happens is that, you know, these projects tend to take two to three times the amount of time that they would normally take for the person who automatically goes all in, like the executor style, right? And so what happens then? Well, I mean, look, you're busy. And so again, if we start to think about all the other hats that you wear, in addition to being a busy clinician or a busy advanced practice nurse, 
we also know that if you have a decision to make and on track number one, we're going the express route, and then on track number two, we're going the slow train that stops at every goddamn track or every like stop along the way, you know, your journey is essentially we're taking it's either a 45 minute journey or it's an hour and 20 minute journey. Right. And you're on the hour and 20 minute journey because you're like, well, maybe, you know, I mean, yeah, we could probably do that. Right. And so what happens? Well, you try to squeeze it in. And meanwhile, what inevitably happens is that you squeeze out what's actually important to you. Right. If you are the person who kind of commits with that, maybe that half in 50 50, like I'm half in, half out, you actually become the person who um, squeezes things in and then you you don't actually attend to what you really want. And not only do you not attend to what you really want, but you also get really tired because, again, you're on the train a little bit longer. There's a lot more stops. There's a lot more thinking uh, involved. What I think is interesting is then there's kind of this third segment of people and, um, you know, they will fall into this more traditional uh, route of indecision. And so, you know, your boss will come along and say, hey, Hey girl, can you do this? And you're like, you know, uh, let me think about it. And instead of being either the person who says, yes, hundred percent, I'm all in or being the person who says maybe, and kind of rides the fence between like, you know, yeah, we'll get it done. Like the third scenario is that you're just like, you know, I'm just going to think about it. I'm going to think on it. And I, you know, this is one of my favorite thoughts because I think it's so fascinating that we defer to thinking about things. And whether I am on a consult and having a conversation with a business owner or having a conversation with an advanced practice nurse who wants to, you know, become a coach or start a practice or do anything, you know, anything that's involved in taking a next step to get to a new destination there's inevitably, I would say for about one out of three, we'll say, you know what, I'm just going to think about it. Really? What are you going to think about? What are you going to think about right now that you haven't already thought about? That's what I want to know, right? Because what happens when you say, you know, let me think about it. It kind of brings up for some of you this level of uncertainty. And it's like almost like this imposterish, like, you know, I don't know. Right? It's this it is the exact opposite of trusting. It is this um, very uncertain uh, and kind of um, this feeling of just, oh, I'm going to just defer until I feel like I'm more in the mood to make this decision. And, and look, I can, I can understand indecision very well because, again, as you know, I've talked about this multiple times on this podcast. I used to operate from a space of indecision all the time. I used to be a person who was very indecisive and who was, uh, had a lot of trouble in, in making decisions quickly and off the bat. And part of the work that really I've had to do over the past several years, many years for that matter, is to get more comfortable with making decisions and to, uh, if I don't feel trusting of myself, to become the person who is very trusting of herself. But what happens inevitably if you are stuck in this like, well, I'm going to think about it, is that you, you know, you just kind of literally stay in the thinking mode. Maybe you uh, are thinking about it so much that, again, you're not doing the other things that are required of you. 
And in scenario one, you are, if you're the person who just says yes off the bat, you go all in, you plan the damn thing in like three hours. Great, right? However, if you are then the person in scenario two and you say, well, maybe I'm going to do that. And then you kind of ride the fence and it's like, you know, you're doubling the time. You've doubled the journey from the 45 minute trip to the hour and 20 minute trip. If you are in indecision mode, you didn't even get on the damn train. Like you just, you're still sitting on the platform. Trains are coming and going, girl. They are coming. They are going. And you're like, you know, I'm going to think about it. I'm going to think about whether or not I'm going to get on the train. And that's what you do. And you just kind of watch. And what happens? Well, all of a sudden it's, you know, 6 a.m. Then it's 7 a.m. It's 8 a.m. And what happens? You're late for work. And then you're like, well, I'm not even getting to work. You're like, I'm going to think about this getting on this train today. And then a whole day goes by. It could be like 7 p.m. The sun could be setting. You could be there all day. You're like, I'm going to just think about it. And what happens in the process of that? Well, thinking about things, as you know, is exhausting. It takes so much mental energy to go through a bajillion scenarios about how it could work and the pros and cons. And let's make a list and let's put, you know, these different quadrants and urgent and uh, best and worst. And let's do a, a SWOT analysis. And you're like, I mean, I I think this is so common uh, in terms of uh, my business owners on, you know, what to do next and whether it's a conversation about, well, how do I market? And then they're like, well, you know, I'm just going to think about how to market. What are you going to really think about? Like what over sitting on the train station, not getting on the train is actually going to help you to build your business? No, it doesn't. It just keeps you stuck on the damn platform. You're not moving. You're not doing anything. Literally, you're just sitting, waiting, stuck. It's like the, is the epitome of stuckness, is being on the platform. You didn't decide to get on the fast train. You didn't decide to get on the damn slow train. You didn't decide to get on any train at all. You just are still thinking about getting on the train. And very often, I think, because of that fatigue and the indecision, what happens is that you may then take that and you may then go and, you know, somebody will come along and, you know, on the platform and be like, hey, nice to see you. And you'd be like, you know, like all up in your head, you won't even notice that they're there. Maybe they'll sit down next to you and maybe they'll say something you won't even notice because you're literally still thinking you're stuck in your own head. Or you will all of a sudden come back to the present moment. Someone will ask you for something and you will be so annoyed because you'll be like, I'm thinking about this. Like literally leave me be. You know, like that's the the playbook of what's going on in your mind. And you may see this too when you come home from, you know, work. If you've had multiple decisions to make in a day, as we do as trained decision makers, right? Our profession, we are trained decision makers. And so when you've been in a role of making decisions all day long, and then it's like, you know, you come home and somebody's like, hey, what do you want for dinner? And you're like, oh my God, I cannot right now. You're like, please just decide something. I don't know. I don't know, right? Because it just feels so, right? You, it just feels so hard and so heavy and you're so tired from sitting on the platform all day. Even though you're like, I didn't even go anywhere. I literally didn't even get to work or get to my destination. But damn, I'm so tired because I was just thinking all day. This is exhausting. And, you know, the reality is that you you don't get the project done. You don't do any of your own projects. You don't do your boss's project. You know, you just stick in, you get like you're stuck in the mud and so stuck um, with indecision. 
And so what I want to offer to you is that these are very normal and nothing's gone wrong here. And I just want to point out that if you find that you're like, wow, yeah, I'm like a mix of all three, totally normal. Or if you fall into one category more than another, totally normal. Nothing's gone wrong. It, though, can give you some insight into how your brain operates. And if you're willing to take a look at that, that's where I think there's a lot of opportunity to decide whether or not you desire to continue in that line of thinking. And and if that's how you really want to show up in the world. And if there's a cost that is, for you, not worth it, right? If the juice is not worth the squeeze. If you're like, well, you know what? If I really want to build the business, but I'm stuck on the platform, I'm never going to build the business. And that's a problem. And I'm not okay with that. All right, then we've got a decision to make. Okay, so if you desire to be the woman who shows up and with ease and joy and eagerness says no, then what could that look like? What's available if you were to step into that energy and into being her? And I think it's fantastic that what is easy about this situation is that there is a possibility that that can be you today. You could be the person who, when your boss comes along and says, can you do this? And you say, no, that's it. You just say no. And I know you're, you may be sitting there and you're like, wait, just, you didn't even finish your sentence. No, no, no is a full sentence, right? And if I, if I want to become that person who says no, who doesn't give reasons, who doesn't, uh, sit in the uh, area of maybe, who doesn't try to fit it in at the expense of her own results or her own the, her own life that she desires to create, or if I decline to be in stuck in a decision and I just say no with confidence and ease, I have this you know thought in my brain that that precedes that, which says like, no, I'm not doing that, <laughs> right? And if that thought for me, if I, if I go, oh, yeah, no, I'm not doing that, and I fully trust that I know exactly what I need in that moment, and this isn't it, and I'm willing to take responsibility for my choices, and I'm also willing to, to take the maybe anger or um, disappointment or discouragement or frustration of the other person in front of me, then it becomes very easy. I just say no. And then what happens is that I only do things that serve me. And I become very, very skilled at becoming a decision maker who says yes to this and no to that. And what's so amazing about becoming that person is that if you are willing to do that work, if you are willing to say, to be trusting of yourself, of knowing exactly what what is in alignment with how you would like to, the results that you would like to create in your job, the impact that you would like to create in your business. If you know very clearly uh, what is going to support that mission and what is not going to support that mission, and then you show up very powerfully and you have complete trust and faith in yourself that you will make the right decision and you go all in on it and you say no with confidence and ease and you do what serves me, What's so fascinating about this is that if you continue to say no to all the things that don't serve you, you close so many doors. And when you close doors, conventional wisdom would say you've closed too many and there's no opportunity. 
But I want to offer you this additional type of thinking about it, which is that what if when you close doors, you make room for other doors to open? What if your no's will lead to your yeses down the way? If you are the person who says, no, I decline to be an indecision today. I decline to be on the fence about it. I decline to spend my precious time of three or four hours executing on somebody else's ask. Then what is so interesting is that when the right opportunity comes along and it feels in alignment and it feels easy and it feels like it is directly supporting the goals that you want to reach and it is creating the impact that you want to have in the world, it just becomes so easy right? And the reality is that if you are busy in indecision, if you're busy in overthinking, if you're busy doing on the fence with the maybes, if you're busy doing, doing, doing for someone else, you won't notice when these other opportunities come along. So what if we just say, well, actually, if you, if you agree or are willing to become the person who says yes with confidence and who says no with confidence, then maybe you are the person who allows doors to close so that others can open. What if my no's led me to my yeses? We talk a lot about this in business. And for those of you who are in a uh, client-facing business or a service-based business, you know that you know patients will come to you and sometimes they are in line with your treatment plan or with your um, the way that you coach or the way that you consult. And some people are not. And that's okay, right? It's all right. However, what's interesting is that if I look at it from uh, the standpoint of, well, you know, if I'm getting a lot of no's from my, you know, potential clients or potential patients, and I'm not finding kind of that common ground, the reality is that those no's really help me get down the road to my yeses if I'm willing to look at them, take a, you know, look under the hood and say, what happened here? Like, let's break this down. Why did they actually say no? How did I show up? How did they show up? right? Like what if all of those no's just lead to the yeses? And time and time again, I'm reminded in my business that, and in life, that this is in fact the truth. And so my job isn't to judge myself about being an indecision. It's not to shame myself. It's not to feel terribly or to, you know, just go strike again, the Wonder Woman pose in the bathroom and, you know, hope that I just, you know, miraculously become this woman who says no with ease. But my job is to be trusting of myself. My job is to become crystal clear on what I'm here to do in this world. My job is to become the woman who doesn't need to sit in indecision because she is so clear on exactly what the yeses are for her and exactly what the no's are for her. And she always trusts that when her intuition speaks up and it comes from a place of a very heart-centered place, that she listens and that she, she agrees to go along with it. Knowing full well that, of course, it's coming from a space of her higher good, and it's coming from a place of, of helping her to become the person who does the big things in the world, who does epic shit, right? You can't be the advanced practice nurse who does epic shit in the world if you are busy in indecision, executing for someone else all the time, or if you're the one who's sitting on the fence in the maybes. It just doesn't happen as quickly, and it doesn't happen as easily. And look, I am someone who likes to maximize and I want to have opportunities to make good on my impact in the world. And so 
could I operate as, you know, is again, is it bad to be the person in indecision or to be executing all day long for your boss? No. And if that serves you, great. If it doesn't, that's where we've got some work to do. So, so you've got maybe a little bit of work to do right now going forward. And that's to start to think, which one do I fall into? Or do I fall into these at all? Or is there another way that I respond when my you know, boss or my partner or one of my kids ask me, you know, can you do this? And to then decide, is it serving me? The way in which I respond or the way in which I show up when I am asked this question, is this serving me? Am I creating the impact and the results in my life that I want? Am I reaching the goals that I want to reach? And if not, then I think it's time to say, okay, well, if I was willing to become a different version of myself and to, if I was willing to become the woman who shows up very confidently or who says no with ease, then what are some of the steps that I could take? What would I have to think to be her? What would she tell me if, if I could, you know, if I could uh, interview her, that woman who says, yes, I always show up, make decisions that serve me. Yeah, of course I do. Right? If, I could inter- if that's the future version of me that I decide to be, if I were to interview her right now, what would she tell me to do right now? Right? Like, if I could get access to her brain right now, how, what would she tell me to do? What would she tell me to think? Um, how would she show up for that whole thing? And what could I glean from that now and start doing today so that I can be on my way to becoming her? Um, so, so you've got some work and that's all right. Who doesn't? Welcome to the human experience and the world of humaning. Totally normal. Nothing's gone wrong here. You're in good company because, you know, I know a little bit about humaning. So um, if you are the woman advanced practice nurse who wants some more support with this, I want to personally invite you to come over and join us in Women Who Cultivate, where we talk about the process of becoming, the process of showing yourself compassion along the way, the process of stepping into the energy of being that woman today, which is absolutely positively 1000% available to you, becoming her today. So if you want some support with that, don't hesitate to reach out. Go to www.anconkleycnm.com and set up a time to talk with me. And let's see whether or not this is the next right move for you to help you become that version of yourself that I know that you're craving to be, right? Totally normal. Okay. All right. Take care. Enjoy these last few weeks of school. Memorial Day is coming up and, uh, and I wish you all the best. See you next time. Take care.